Methodist of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. Today is the first Sunday of Lent, and Father Joe Hudson will preach on Luke 4, 1-13. As you listen, see if you can answer some of these questions. 1. Why does life confuse and unsettle us? Does God send these ghosts to us? 2. Where does the name 40 days of Lent come from, and what does it mean? 3. What was Jesus' desert experience like? 4. When have we grumbled as did the Israelites in the desert? And 5. How have our hard times transformed us? The proclamation of the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will be all yours." Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him up to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from them, until an opportune time. Dwell among us this day, Lord Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this morning, my alarm finally put an end to a dream that was confusing and a bit unsettling. You see, these nocturnal images and thoughts seem to rise up in my mind, the ghosts of that insecure and inept young boy that I once was. They clung to me a bit this morning. So why is it that life often disturbs and unsettles us? Dreams, hurts, wounds from the past, accusations, temptations, strife, addictions, struggles, pain, loss, uncertainty, and the unknown. These are experiences, images, and thoughts that attach a variety of emotions and feelings to them. Insecurity, doubt, anger, fear, worry, and many more. This is all part and parcel of our lives as we know it. But why do you think it is that these unwelcome guests show up at our doorstep. Does God send these dark specters to our door to straighten up what needs to be straightened up in our lives? Or maybe these trials and tribulations come because in anger God has turned his face away from us? Or is it possible that these difficulties are the work of the devil trying to trip us up to get us to turn from God. Well, these unsettling and sometimes harsh experiences, painful thoughts and feelings are not foreign to any of us. We have all experienced a variety of these guests knocking at the door of our minds and hearts and our life. So why are they here? Where do they come from? Well, today's gospel speaks to this reality. But first, let me present the background story that takes place in a river valley. In the waters of the Jordan, a grizzly-faced prophet stood thigh deep, his leather garment soaked through and through, water dripping from his unkempt beard. He could hardly count the numbers that he had baptized that day. The sun was sinking low. His eyes swept the crowd, still standing there on the bank. In an instant, his mind wondered, why am I scanning this crowd? And as if in response, his gaze stopped and his eyes focused on one man standing there. In that instant, he knew why he had been searching the crowd. You see, unrecognized by his conscious awareness, his soul had been searching for Jesus, and there he was in the flesh. John's heart almost leapt from his chest, their eyes locked. It was only a moment, but it seemed that time stood still. And then, shockingly, the Lamb of God stepped forward into those refreshing waters, getting in line with those who were approaching John to be baptized. John couldn't believe his eyes. It made no sense to him. Why would Jesus come to John to be baptized? You see, it was John who needed to be baptized by him. Well, the two cousins, Elizabeth's son and Mary's boy, exchanged a few brief words. 
Finally, in humility and a bit of embarrassment, John yielded to the teacher's will as he firmly grasped Jesus, the student required to baptize the teacher and plunge the Son of Man under the water. We are told that Jesus raised himself up. He saw the Spirit of God descending upon him in what looked like the form of a dove. The Father spoke, and Jesus retreated into the wilderness. The story continues in today's Gospel reading. Jesus made his way from deep in Jordan's rift valley up the long, steep, rocky path into the wilderness of Judea. Jesus may not have known why he was walking that path, each footfall guiding him further west and then south into the wilderness. He wouldn't have known in advance what was going to happen there and how long he would be there, and yet something was still driving him on. We are told that for 40 days Jesus was without food while tempted by the devil. Forty days. A nice round number. The number 40 appears frequently in Scripture. The three men, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, all fasted for 40 days. The Hebrew people wandered in the desert for 40 years. Ezekiel lay on his right side for 40 days. Try to do that one. In order to bear the sins of Judah. Goliath taunted Israel for 40 days before David defeated him, and God destroyed every living thing on earth by flooding it for 40 days. You see, the frequent use of the number 40 is meaningful, and I'll give you that in just a few minutes. But first, let me return to Jesus in the wilderness of Judea. For 40 days, he secluded himself from much of what his five senses would normally provide in the way of taste, sound, smell, sight, and touch. For Jesus, it was much like entering his very own monastic hermitage, going into solitude and silence without food to eat, companionship, or the noises and sights and smells of the city. In that solitary place, the only subtle sound Jesus may have heard was the occasional gentle breeze, the howl of a distant scavenger, and the whisper of his own intruding thoughts. For 40 days, Jesus was tempted there by the devil. The Greek word, diabolos, means accuser or tempter. In that solitary wilderness, Jesus went through many trials and temptations. Now, if you think your thoughts may have a tendency to run rampant at times, think of what it must have been like for Jesus during those endless days of solitude there in the wilderness. What might have been occupying his mind? We can possibly guess John had just recently baptized him. He may have been thinking about that day, how the Holy Spirit had descended upon him and the voice of God had spoken. I can imagine in Jesus' ongoing mental ruminations that he may have thought further back to his mother's annunciation story of the angel's visitation to Mary and how Gabriel had said that her child would be Emmanuel. God with us. 
all the thoughts and images rolling around in his head in that quiet place. God with us. This is my beloved son, the spirit's presence, the disturbing whispers penetrating his consciousness. I am God in flesh, me, God's beloved son. Who am I? I'm just that carpenter's son. In that humble, desolate place of impoverishment and great want, Jesus may have struggled with doubts and fears, but there may have also been whispered thoughts of his divinity, of divine grandeur. And with those thoughts came pride and self-importance. Thoughts, whispers, mental ruminations, whispers from the human ego, whispers from the divine, whispers from the adversary, the accuser, the devil. Well, let me now tie in the significance of that number 40. By the way, we scientific kind of folks tend to think if they say 40, it must have been 40. Well, probably not. In almost all the scriptural occurrences of that number, they were times of great testing and hardship, of danger, fasting, and trials. In referring to the Hebrew peoples wandering in the desert for 40 years, Bishop Tom Wright said this, In the wilderness, Israel grumbled for bread, flirted disastrously with idolatry, and put God continually to the test. Have you ever put God to the test? Have you ever grumbled for bread? Oh, maybe not literal bread, but maybe grumble because you were lacking the basics of life. Being able to pay the bills or healing from illness or restoration of relationships. The Hebrew people grumbled and struggled and wrestled with the hardship of their life. We too experience times of grumbling and hardships. I began this morning by asking the question, why does life often disturb and unsettle us? Well, for the Hebrew people long ago, as they slowly made their way through the desert, we see the resulting strength they gained from that time, the wisdom some received the psychological and spiritual growth and refinement that came to them as individuals and as a community. They gained clearer understanding of who God was to them. This all came through their struggle. But not all the Hebrew people came out better on the other side. As we look at the experience of Jesus in the wilderness, we see his struggle with his adversary tempting him through his thoughts. Jesus responded to each attack. The scripture says, the scripture says, the scripture says. He came through those 40 days of trial victorious, wiser, and stronger because of it. Well, these past two years have been a struggle for us as individuals and as families and as a community. And praise God, after two long years, finally we're going to get a little bit of a taste of the wine. (laughs) Well, during this hard time, we have known people the coronavirus has taken. We have been separated from one another. We have had financial challenges over the years You may have experienced loss, 
and uncertainty and times of doubt. Each of us have struggled in many ways like those spoken of in these scriptures. But along with the struggle, we have also seen light shine out of the darkness. We have seen hope and growth and positive change. We have shown resiliency. We have experienced God in bigger, fuller, more gracious and loving ways. We have also learned the deep value of friendship and the need we have for our church community. The scriptures tell us, and now abide faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love.